Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Warning. This podcast discusses difficult subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Avrin, and this is Rom Crime. The word vigilante is complex. It can seem black and white. But today, we aim to take you into the gray. Guys, hello. Welcome to Rom Crime. A true crime comedy podcast with romantic leanings. Remember when we used to do that? Yeah, I do. Oh my gosh, what would be the one for this week if we weren't focused on just vigilant? Like, with romantic... Roofies. <laughs> roofies. That is what you would have said. That is what I would have said. I would, I would have romantic, said that. A romantic roofie colada. Yeah, which is um, not romantic at all because it never is. Whenever no. I say the romantic things, yeah. it never, never. It's always, you know, romantic. usually God awfulness is what comes after. So, yeah. Ee. So, but how's your week been? It's been how's, good, you know? Yeah. It is. What is today? Is today Wednesday? Yes, it yeah, is Wednesday. Yeah, so we're like halfway, halfway through the week. Um, mm-hmm. So far, so good. I, uh, you know, just doing doing the do, getting by, you live in the dream. Um, we basically, my husband and I started rewatching Curb Your Enthusiasm whenever oh, we're just so like, fun. we don't know what to do. We just want to be entertained. So I've yes. had several, several really good laughs. What about you? Anything exciting happened this week? Uh, still pa- unpacking, still unpacking. So that's fun. And that's getting fair. this place in the, into order. I'm just trying to, you know, it's hard. It's hard to like, contr- like not control, but like organize your mind where you're like, when there's so much to do, it's like, what do I do first? And then I think right. my, I'm like such a great procrastinator where it's like, I've had this two boxes to the left of me and I've been and needing to unpack them. But my friend Courtney was telling me that your pro- procrastinating is emotional, can be emotional. Like why, what is it that, why are you procrastinating kind of thing? And probably it's because 
I don't know. Then I won't have anything to worry about. And also, or I have a lot of like memorabilia. I have, I have so many journals. I've been keeping journals since I was in like middle school. Oh, that's cool. And I can't stop going. So as I'm putting things away and I'm keeping them in the back of my closet, like it, I don't know why I keep them, but I keep them just in case I want my daughter or my son to go back and see how, you know, hard middle school was. See, mommy's just as crazy as you are right now. <laughs> that's so sweet. So. I wish that I had ever journaled with any regularity. I definitely have in my life. Yeah. And when I was young, I like really fancied myself like a super awesome emotive writer. So my diary <laughs> was was like probably less personal than I meant it to be because I was yeah. like writing. I was writing to write instead of just being like, this is where you get it all out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and I never was like everyday person. I was like, I would do it when things were bad. So all of my journaling sure. is real intense. It's real emo. Right. Um, I have a friend who, um, her name's Sarah Bino, and I think she coined it, but it's, um, oh God, she wrote this book. Oh, teenage angst poetry. I think that's what it's called. Oh, I have to think. Nice. Have to, but it's it's this like published book of all these people who submitted their um, poetry when they were teenagers. And oh my gosh, yeah, it's I teen, love it. teen angst. Teen angst poet. It's so good. She's hilarious and brilliant. Oh, fun. And, can, and, amazing and poetry Canadian is cool actress. again. Yeah, poetry man. is cool again thanks to Amanda Gorman. That's so. right. I know. Way this, to go. This month is, um, you know, Black History Month, and my daughter is learning. We watched that again today. We watched her Amanda Gorman's speech, and she's also coming out with a book that comes out in September 2021, which I'm really excited about. Yes. I, I think it's actually maybe one of them is a book of her poems, but one of them I think is a children's it book. It is, yeah. It's, which is so cool. Um, to get kids like interested in poetry and language and the power of words, like, because I mean, I know that she definitely the first time I had ever heard her was Inauguration Day. And I was yes. blown away and immediately, of course, was like, I must know everything about this brilliant young woman. And I was like, researching her. And I, I just thought it was so cool that, that one of the things that kind of popped up immediately was that she was writing a children's book that yeah. you could purchase, like pre order on Amazon. And I was like, Oh, I'm gonna have to get that for the 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 nieces and nephews. You um, know? I love that. Yeah, and I I also I think you sent it to me. She did an interview with um the Silver Fox. What's his name? Oh, with Anderson Cooper. Yes. I died just because he. I've never seen. I mean, he's so he fun. Fangirled you know, like he fangirled out. He fangirled yeah, he, out. Which like we've all seen him be goofy so. on like New Year's Eve, but I don't think I've ever seen him in just like regular news. Yeah. Like he was like blushing talking. To he was, her. and he you know was what so I love? Excited. I loved what hmm. she said. You know when she thinks. Um, she thinks in words or like when she, you know, goes through stuff, she emotes in, in words. Like I definitely, uh, my cre creative, like the part of me is more story. Like I want to write a story or I want to like feel something. I want to act. I want to like move or, but like when she's creating, she, words are her paintbrush. It just like the way she put it was so wonderful. Anyways, we digress guys, but gosh was darn very it. cool. And she's she is super cool. And if for some reason you don't know who we're talking about, her name is Amanda Gorman and just like Google her and click on all of it. Oh yeah. It's all good, but You're gonna like watch it. all of the, she did, she actually did something before the Super Bowl, which was the first time that had ever been yeah. done. And that was pretty cool to watch. Yeah. You know, something like a football game, be like, we can get on board with this. Like, we need to Yeah, you know, share. Um, it's so funny what you say. Uh, you're right. I think poetry is sort of like um 
it's back right now because I, so yeah. there's not a lot of things I can watch with my kids that I actually enjoy to be honest, not to be a dick, but oh God, it's <laughs> really fair. tough. So, uh, God, what was his name? Yeah. Um, on AGTV. So America's Got Talent is something we can watch together. That is not a cartoon and all of us can kind of enjoy the kids will play and my husband and I will kind of be like, it's just, it's fine. You know, it's something that's not a cartoon, yeah. but this guy, the guy who won is, um, oh gosh, what? I think his name was Brandon Leak, and he was a, he's a poet, he's a spoken word artist. And it was- it, Oh, that's so oh, cool. he was so good. If you could actually go back and look at his first um, performance, it's very moving. So the spoken word All people. right. What was his name again? His name was Brandon Leak, L-E-A-K-E. So- All right. I'll totally check that out because I am, I'm- I agree with you. I think poetry is back, baby. And it's it felt cool. It was. It felt like it felt like spoken word, but it also kind of felt like a monologue too. Which yeah, which of course we love. Yeah. So okay, guys, thank you, everybody. We're gonna get into this week's uh, story here. But oh yes, yes, for sure. And this one, this one is interesting because you know, Vaughn, I feel mm-hmm. like you and I have definitely been experimenting in the world of vigilante. Like, oh we've yeah, told, we have told you all some real extreme versions of it, um, and we've told you some. Stories that like maybe we pushed it into vigilanteism when it was just like more we wanted to talk about it. Um, And so what we're (laughs) going to talk about today is actually I think I mean, I would describe it as an act of of more heroism than anything. But it's also like somebody seeing something really wrong happening and deciding whether rather than waiting for anyone to come help to just just step in themselves yeah. and and do the helping. And it's a really cool story. It's recent and it took place um not too far from where we live. Um That's it took right. place in Santa Monica, California. Um it was 2016 and let me just grab the the book that has the people's names in it. And um Sonia Ulrich, Monica Kenyon, and then I saw in I read several articles. It was either Maria or Marla. She was referred to as both. So I'm assuming one is like her given name and one is what she goes mm. by. So either Maria or Marla Saltzer. So those three ladies, Sonia, Monica, and I'm just gonna call her Maria, um, were out for happy hour at a really like posh little bar called Fig, which is in the Fairmont Hotel in Santa Monica. And they were, um, per their Facebook post about this whole incident, they were just enjoying, you know, like a nice charcuterie board and some fancy wine. What I wouldn't give. I to know. Do that this right took now. place in 2016. Yeah. This is when this happened. And I was like, God, happy hour. <laughs> Char- charcuterie boards, watching other people on dates. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, people watching. I miss it. So anyway, these three gals were out having, you know, just a little girl fest. And um, Sonia Ulrich noticed that her friend Monica was, she was telling a story and she was, her friend wasn't looking at her. She was like looking really, really intensely at this table that was kind of like behind Sonia, but Monica had a great view. And um, finally she's like, what's going on? And she's like, I, I feel like I just saw that guy put something in his date's drink when she got up to go to the bathroom. Mm-mm. And and then the other girl, Maria, was like, I'm pretty sure I saw that too. And the guy was acting really shady. Like he kind of, I think, sensed that these women saw him and maybe caught him doing something that he, no one should be doing. And um, so the women were, you know, at first they were like, oh, my God, what do we do? What do we do? Like, we can't do nothing. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Not 100%, but I'm pretty sure I just saw that guy spike 
his his dates drink. So what they decide to do is to not do nothing. Yeah. Double negatives yeah. all day long over <laughs> here. They decide, you know what? We have to at least say something to her. So one of them gets up, makes a beeline for the bathroom to intercept the date. One of them actually goes and speaks to the waiter who's like, um, okay, well, I guess let me talk to my manager and maybe he can see if security can check the cameras because we do have security cameras all over the restaurant. So Sonia goes to the bathroom and she like awkwardly waits for this woman to come out to the sinks. And she kind of quickly is like, um, uh, I, this is awkward, uh, but uh, my girlfriend is pretty sure that she like saw your, um, your, your date put something in your drink. And the girl gets really wide eyed and she's, she looks kind of stunned. And so then Sonia's like babbling on and she's like, anything we can do to help? I mean, you just let us know. We'll help you get out of here. I mean, like, how well do you know this guy? And this is where the story gets, I think, even more effed up than it already is. This woman, and she remains nameless. She's anonymous because, um, in all of the articles, because, you know, she was the victim of an attempted, you know, roofie situation. Mm-hmm. And she basically turns to her and she says, like, when, when Sonia asks her, like, how well do you know him? Her response is, he's one of my best friends. Oh, my God. So, so he, the he, his name is um, Michael Sue, And apparently he and this woman had worked together for well over a year and a half. They'd been really good friends. They had had kind of like a casual, um, occasional sexual relationship, but it was never serious. And then she had um, started seeing somebody and they had just remained friends, although in hindsight, after all this goes down, she realizes that he was still kind of like pushy and aggressive and like always being a third wheel in her relationship and stuff like that. But her response to how well do you know this guy is he's one of my best friends. Yeah. Holy majoli. That's crazy. Where did they work? Did it say like what industry did they work in? It didn't say. Um, it just said that they met and became fast friends because they were hired within a week of each other at the uh, same company. So they were like newbies okay. together. So she offers to help her out. And she's like, okay, I don't want to, you know, if you know this guy, like, I'll I'll let you decide what to do. I just want you to know we're here for you if you need anything. We saw what happened, and we can help you if you need it. So then she goes back to the table. Meanwhile, Monica, her friend, had alerted, like I said, the um, waiter who had alerted the manager who alerted the security (laughs) who then reviewed the the footage, the CCTV, if you will, footage, (laughs) where they do, in fact, on video... Have this man pull a black vial out of his pocket and pour it into his dinner date's wine glass. And so everybody's just like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? The girl comes out of the bathroom. Now, one part that I didn't know because it's never said, part of me wonders if somebody like the manager on her way back to the table, if she had like a conversation about what the plan was going to be, because I don't know how she would have known you know, or decided to do what she did without maybe knowing that other people were actively taking steps to make sure this guy paid for doing something Mm -hmm. illegal. So she sits, she goes back to the table, like cool as a cucumber per these three women who were eyewitnesses to the roofing attempt. And then everything that happened afterwards, she sits down at the table, the waiter comes by and he's like, how are we doing over here? Can I get you anything? She's like, you know what? I would love a glass of sparkling water. He brings her sparkling water. And for 40 Minutes, she sits across the table from one of her best friends 
and is totally like stone face cool, doesn't give betray anything. He attempts to like cheers her wine glass several times. Like in my dreams, she like pretend she's like pretending to take sips. <sighs> um, but she won't, she's not, you know, she's like not drinking the wine. And I'm assuming he also must have been like, What's going on? I feel like those ladies saw me and now she's just drinking the sparkling water. But anyway, 40 minutes goes by. He finally asks for the check. The waiter's like, oh, yeah, totally. Be right back. And then waits and waits and waits. And the guy's like, hey, excuse me. I'm, I asked for the check. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. I meant to come tell you. Our computer system is down. It's just going to be a few more minutes. We're just waiting for everything to reboot. And then I'll be able to bring everything over. Um, and that's what he tells him. And meanwhile, and then, they're waiting for the cops, right? Like, Yeah. And then, and then as they're waiting for this check... In walks the Santa Monica Police Department, where the, a man is arrested on site. The glass of wine that the woman did not drink but did not get rid of right. um, is taken into evidence. And they also find in that front pocket where you pulled that one vial out, uh, two other, there was three vials. One was empty. Two others had like liquid in them. And one of them had kind of like a granule mm. um, like substance at the bottom. So he's taken away by police. The ladies who helped... Um, stop all of this from happening go to the woman and they're like um can we help you do you you need a ride home like where's your car and she's like my car is at his house like or at his apartment complex like in a guest spot in like the the parking garage so again this was a plan yeah um so he's arrested they all help her get home these women post about the incident on Facebook because the thing that actually struck them the most was not so much that they just dealt with the awkwardness of telling a complete stranger. I'm pretty sure I just saw someone like roofie or drink. Cause that's like kind of, you know, it's like weird to basically corner someone in a bathroom and be like, Hey, not to freak you out, but I, I'm pretty yeah. sure this just happened. Um, but several people came up to these three women in the restaurant after he was arrested and thanked them for what they had done in so much as by sharing a story of like this happened to my sister and I was so glad I was there to help her or this happened to me or you know more people need to say something when they think that they see something nefarious going down so he was charged with several things they did end up um, throwing away almost all of the charges so it ended up just being um, felony poisoning or like felony attempted poisoning Um, and uh, he is still as far as I could tell because I looked and looked and looked so the last when I typed in, like, did he go to jail? This guy. Yeah. It said as of right now, but this was still in 2016. So I promise I'll keep deep diving. And if I find anything, I will mention it on a future episode. But all it said on the Internet was that he was being held for one million dollars in bail. And so was still in prison awaiting trial because his bail was one million dollars. Mm. But what but I do know yeah. that they did drop most of the charges. Like they were trying to charge him with all kinds of stuff, but because of what the drug was mm. after they tested the drink. So as you all know, a roofie, I think refers specifically to like rohypnol, but mm-hmm. also GHB is often used. Um, anything that makes people drowsy and fall unconscious is what we would think of as a roofie. And what this guy had actually slipped in her drink was MDMA, um, which is a more pure form of the drug, like of ecstasy. Mm-hmm. So it would not have necessarily rendered her incapacitated, but she would have been basically dosed mm-hmm. with a drug that, you know, changes like your perceptions and your and your brain and all the things going on around you in order to like take advantage of her in whatever way he was planning on doing. And then I found this great article, Vanya, that said that upon discovering that he had tried to do this, that the um, woman who had been 
the attempted roofie had been, you know, against. Mm-hmm. I don't know her name. I feel like I should just call her the cool, badass, sparkling water lady. <laughs> um, but she then started to recall other times in the past where, like, they had gone to a concert together and they'd gone out for drinks before. And what she remembers about the concert is that she just felt like she was on cloud nine and the music was amazing and she had, like, the best night of her life. And then the next day she was felt horrible and really sick, even though she hadn't really had that much to drink. So she it started to occur to her that there is it's possible that this friend of hers had actually spiked her um, drinks with MDMA on at least one or two other occasions, which was horrifying to yeah. discover. And um, that's the story. I would be so, so upset. I would be so upset. Also, you know, like, I, I, I think going to like a maybe a music venue or something that you could kind of be like, uh, I, I just feel like I would know if I was, to, if I was on some drugs. And then like to to dose somebody with anything, even like give them a weed cookie or something is a yeah, really messed up thing. That can really mess people up like psychologically too. Absolutely. Because first of all, nobody should ever take drugs without their consent. You oh, know what I mean? Because absolutely. drugs are by nature a mind altering substance. Mm-hmm. So you don't have the right to alter someone's mind without their permission. First and foremost. And that's why he's being charged with attempting to poison her. Yeah. Because that was the thing that kind of pissed me off is that somehow his defense lawyer must be a good one was able to convince the judge to drop all of like the attempted sexual like assault charges by saying that the drug that he had given her did not inherently would not have inherently rendered her like physically incapable of you know like being aware in fact she would be hyper aware of her surroundings exactly being honest yeah um but it w- because it wasn't the type of drug that would have made her unconscious or made her go like you know make her body go l- limp or something they weren't able to make those charges stick which to me is just ridiculous yeah. because he dosed her drink with like some kind of intent there right, right. not just so she'd have a good night at Fig oh no! So he Hotel. could have sex with her because so she would yeah. feel more free and open with her body, and he could take advantage of her. I mean, it was yeah, absolute, and so that's such a gray area that sucks. Yeah. I would be so upset with her. I would ne- I, if I were her, and I would never be able to trust anyone again. And then also, this guy, what the hell was he thinking? It's like he's like, oh, I'm not that bad. I didn't do what Cosby did. I'm not like raping these women when they're unconscious. Right. Oh, right. I'm, I'm just, just alter- I'm just her altering her. Yeah, I'm just making her. I think that's messed feel up. Feel extra, extra like woo oh, no. when she's around uh, that me. That is yeah. absolutely rape. I mean, that is absolutely absolutely because um, I or know attempted, attempted, you know, in this case. But when we talk about, you know, when we watched Promising Woman and we did our little spoiler, non-spoiler <laughs> movie sode. Yes, but you know the uh, the guy who the good guy who's like trying to get her to do cocaine. He's just trying to oh, right. force her to get drunk. Literally, All of like them sticks were. her face in it. Yeah, it's, doesn't it's, he? And then when she won't sniff it, and she like kind of blows out, which was I thought so funny because what a great move, right? Just yeah, way to drive drive the coked out guy nuts is to blow his cocaine. Everywhere. <laughs> um, but then how he like put it on his hand and like rubbed her gums. Yeah, it's just gross. You're like, you can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that. But even this guy is just like, I'm just gonna sneak it into her drink so she can get a little more loose and hang out. And yeah, yeah. and she'll she'll wanna totally bang me when I try to have sex with her later. Yeah. yeah, and it was just so to me. What's amazing about the story is how hard it is, how often do you find yourself in a position, and you and I could also talk about our years working as bartenders or servers, where like, I've had several women when I was a bartender who were on like, maybe a first date or even a second date or just 
out at a bar and were getting mm-hmm. up to leave to go use the bathroom who would be like, will you keep an eye on my drink? And I was always one that bar was busy. So I was like, I'm not going to pretend that I can keep like I'm going to be able to watch that the whole time. So I would take the next step and I'd be like, give me the, your drink. I yeah. will keep it behind the bar with me until you come back and then I'll give it back to you um, just to keep an eye out for them. And I always loved how self-aware a lot most of- I mean, how most women really are like yeah. they they know the risks mm-hmm. and they and most of them will do everything they can to protect themselves but you but know like the, i remember the whole like coaster thing i'm like if, if it's crowded and busy and people aren't watching it's not like a coaster is like a chastity belt someone can lift that off absolutely. your absolutely and then drop it back right on top of it um so i always loved when they were like will you watch this and then i was like i will take it and yeah. hold on to it for you until you come back I feel like people are aware when they're in their like middle, maybe middle 20s, upper 20s. But when you're in college, you are not aware when you're first turning 21. You don't know what's going on. When you're first drinking. It's like you need, you honestly need some education in that. Like, I'm not sure how, but like maybe, hey, welcome to college. This is what could happen to you when you turn 21. People, because it happened, I know so many people, unfortunately, who have been roofied and woken up the next day, you know, not like so many, but. A lot more than you would think. Well, I I was roofied in college, but I was one of the lucky ones who was with my friends. I had one beer at a bar and woke up the next morning with like a he- like a headache, like nothing I'd ever felt before. And my good darling friend, you know him well as as also Phil. Yeah. Um. He lived right across the street from me, and so I was out with him and a bunch of friends. And so he said he was like, "It was weird. You only had that one beer, as far as I knew." And I was like, "No, that's all I know. I had." Um, and he was like, and you just like went down hard, like you were like passing out. So yeah. I brought you back. I didn't have your keys, but I woke up on his couch yeah. and he, I had, I mean, it was like, he saved me in that situation because he was looking out for me. Cause yeah. I don't even know. I went to the bar. I know I, I, I bought, I paid for the beer Yeah, and I feel like if, if memory serves me well, which it doesn't, which is the point was that I, I feel like it was like past like there was almost like a chain reaction of like the way the bartender and I don't think the, I don't know that the bartender had anything to do with it, but it was almost like it. Like, you never like know. Two, like, like two people like passed it to me, mm. even though I directly ordered it from the bartender. And so I was very careful about that stuff ever since yeah. then, just because like good goodness gracious, yeah. like if I hadn't been surrounded with friends and I had just been out with like, I don't know, someone who didn't know me well. And I had one beer and then that was the rest. Like, somebody, I don't know anything else about that and, night. And you could, it could still happen. But somebody told me when I was in college to only get bottled beer and watch the person open it and hand it and never let it take it to the bathroom with you. Like never let it leave your side. Oh, yeah. Thing. Never let. Yeah. You should never put your drink down. But I've definitely. And this is still good advice, though. Like, yeah. don't do that in a bar. Don't set your drink yeah. down. And and walk away from it. Like if you can bring it with you, bring it with you. Like I know it's gross to be like bring your bath, Who bring cares? your drink into the bathroom, but bring your bottled beer into the bathroom, ladies. Do you know how many glasses we find in the bathroom at the end of the night when you work in a bar? Like people are taking their cocktails into the bathroom. So there's and something to- that's really interesting um, that I remember reading, and it's it's uh, let's see, it's I'm looking right now, and it's uh, called it's an article called Five Gadgets That Alert alert drinkers to date rape drugs and i know one of them is nail polish like nail polish There's yes nail i remember when that came out that that be- that um turns colors so in theory it's supposed to like turn a color if something if somebody puts something in your drink right like you can basically dip your finger and like mm-hmm. swirl it in your drink and it'll 
change like it's probably a clear nail polish and it'll turn a color if yeah. there is some substance in your cocktail we'll put it in which is a brilliant invention whoever yeah. came up with that because what a subtle thing to do like instead of stirring your drink with your straw just be like just put your pinky in it but like yeah. you know if somebody wants to do something bad dear god you know if they really yeah. do people feels like it's hard. I know, right? It's like evil yeah. finds a way, which I hate. Uh, you know, um, okay, so when I was working at the bar for many years, I was always, I was, oh, I, I'm like the person who gets hit in a fight because I try to stop the fight. Like, I don't, I, I do not, I do not like the weak being preyed upon. I, I feel, I think that I'm a lot bigger than I am. And I think that I can protect people and... Um, you know, especially as being a female bartender and honestly, our other male counterparts at the bar would also like keep an eye out, but sometimes you get so busy, Absolutely. you can't keep it out, you know, can't look, but I definitely know there was a girl who had been, I don't know, roofied at one point and I did all I could do, which was didn't let anybody because there was a guy trying to take her home. That's why that promising woman was so ugh, triggering for me because I was just like, right. This guy was like, she's my friend. I was like, no, mm -mm. I wouldn't let her let him take her home. And eventually found some a fr girlfriend, but it was scary. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm terrified for my freaking daughter. You guys, like, I know. Um, I mean, I don't want to scare her to, to death, but I want her to still have fun. But also, like, you know, like I said, knowing the reality that there are yucky people out there who want to do this to someone and it just makes me sick. And it's like, I, I want to know what the hell is in their brains that they think it's okay to well, do that. The men. Yeah. Not only that, like, why does anybody think, one, like, that you're lame, if you have to resort to knocking someone unconscious in order to have any kind of like interaction, like just like, to, I don't know, look at yourself and also illegal and wrong and horrible. And one of the things that kills me about it though, is that, so this, the date rape that usually, you know, is preceded by the roofing is almost always done by someone that the girl knows, even if yeah. only a little bit. It's very rarely it does happen as well, but it's not it's and that's why it's it's very rare that like just a guy will target a complete stranger that's a girl in a bar, yeah. figure out how to roofie her drink and then figure out how to take her out of that bar. It's It's almost always somebody. Mm. that the person knows i would say maybe outside of like the college vibe right. where you're like at a frat party like lord yeah. knows i think you know if you're at a fraternity party or a college bar like just hold your drinks ladies. i agree with that i agree with i that. think that's like maybe where that that just like horny disgusting 21 year old or 20 year old yeah. is you know would maybe do that to just any anyone who's drinking get his hands on but that's also where this story really struck me was was that when they were like, how well do you know this guy? Like, are, is this like your first date? And she's like, he's one of my best friends. Like, what? Yeah. Can you imagine the sense of not only just like utter horror of what could have happened, mm. but just the betrayal? And I don't know. It just. Did she also say that he kind of he got a little like stalkerish a little bit as well right well i mean and she did she did say that in some of the stuff i read about like the trial about again mm -hmm. how she recalled some incidences and that once she'd gotten a serious boyfriend you know to her it was like implied that the occasional like friends with benefits thing that they had done was over and she hadn't been having sex with him since she had her boyfriend or anything like that um, and that he had, yeah, he, that's what I meant. Where, like he would like show up a lot of times, like when she was out with people, just like happened to show up where she was. But she still, I mean, if her first reaction when 
they asked her how well do you know him for her to say he's he's one of my best friends to me doesn't that doesn't track as much and that's where i wonder like the translation like maybe the girl who talked to her in the bathroom like thought that's what she said and maybe all she said was oh i mean he's a work friend you know like who knows what she said right because it's all again you know it's through somebody else's what they they heard but i'd like to believe that because it's such a shocking response to how well do you know that guy he's one of my best friends when we're talking about someone trying to drug you um that yeah that she he was definitely somebody that whether or not maybe they had like a, a weird relationship at this at the time because of an old like previous physical you know, relationship that was no longer happening. I mean, they mm-hmm. were out to drinks, just the two of them. It didn't, you know, it, that was that was actually what was happening. They were having drinks after work. So, um, just she might watch have also out, just people. Been trying, all I have yeah, to say. she might have also, you know, but if she described him as somebody who was, in her mind, also kind of trying uh, overstepping a little bit and like being a little bit too aggressively around, you know, she, we as women are taught like the best way to diffuse any situation yeah. is to just be polite. Um, but I also love that she kind of used that to make sure he got arrested too. Like she, she went back to the table. She didn't throw the drink in his face. She didn't sneak out the back. She did. She sat down with the, her friend who was trying to drug her for 40 minutes and waited for the police to arrive and engaged in a conversation, cheers him with the glass, but just didn't drink it. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, this lady was that's hardcore called awesome. survival. Uh, that's called what women do to survive. And it's just smiling and uh, it's funny. I was talking to a friend. This is not the same thing, but um, actually uh, she had posted something on Instagram about like how hard it is to write an email that like how, how your male counterpart writes without like any plea, like without any, Hey, just, just asking, just question. And then exclamation points. Yeah. It's like, just write a direct email, how hard that is to do because we're so it's so ingrained in us as women is to be like we're not um we're hey hi how you doing you get more bees with sugar kind of thing and it is it's so frustrating to me in that way as well because i am so like that like i'm like why can't i just be happy why can't i just be like i need dear blah i need this now blah 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 thanks and that's it. Like no thanks. And there's three no exclamation ex- points. And <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I can't even like send. I feel like I have never sent a text message to anyone that a sentence ended in a period. Yeah. They, like even my girlfriends, where I'm like, yeah. the tone of this is upbeat and happy, and I, I love know. you, emoji, emoji, emoji. I because know. I totally because yeah, do it's that. like you always want to make sure that you know. Well, also when I'm texting my friends, it's different because I I want all those You're exclamation like, I points. I love I'm, you. I mean, so I mean yeah. those exclamation points. But how that translates, you know, it's like yes. I almost never. I feel like I almost never send a text message that ends in a period, mm-hmm. like where I'm just, just I'm stating something. That's it. Yeah. I know. And it's so funny because it's like tone is hard. Tone is hard in text and email. And especially when, especially at like work and stuff, when you're not like in face to face with people, you're I'm trying to buffer. I always do think also I've been told, (laughs) this is just a side note on a different way. I've been told I'm a little sometimes too direct in like when I need things. So I'm always like, how was your weekend? I mean, I mean it like I really would like to know, but I don't want to go straight in for the for the kill. Right, but then again, like do you think <laughs> do you think that like a man in your position ever questions no. like 
when you need something now, does you think he like preambles to be like, I still like you and we're still going to be friends after this, but I really need you to send me that thing that you said you were going to send me exactly. right now. No, not at you know? all. And it's like, and it's also, but the thing is, is that a woman sending an email as direct as a man will receive a different reaction to 100%, 100%. it. 100%, 100%. But that's and where that we have to just be so, strong yeah. and be like, this is yeah. how I do it now. This is how we and do it is, now. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm asking you to do your job. And it's my job to tell you to get me this thing right now. Exactly. I don't need to put heart emojis and like strong arms like you got this dude. Yeah. You know, like yeah. to get you to respond to my email. But yeah, that's interesting. Talk, like I'd be so curious to yeah. talk to your friend that was saying that because I imagine that's impossible. I can't do it in text messages yeah. to like people I know. It's uh, it's funny. Um, Outlook now highlights it like you don't need a just here I'm, i was just wondering as I, I want you know like it, it's oh yeah, yeah so, i use just i use just a lot yeah and just just is one of those, checking in just checking you in. know because it feels yeah, more like, like hey what's up I'm, I'm cool i'm not trying to be aggressive anyways that's just a totally like side note but it's the idea of like women and some men are taught this is how we get out of things this is how we smooth our way through difficult situations and anyways i'm i'm glad this girl and i i want to first and foremost say go monica maria and sonia or whatever the yes <laughs> good for you first, ladies for, way like, to go like what what a an incredibly wonderful thing to do like to see something in a way that, you know, you feel pretty positive. Yeah. But again, you know, you're sitting trust at yourself. a different yeah. table. And you trust your instincts. And then you also trust that no matter what happens, that it is your responsibility being yes, absolutely. To, to, to go and alert another human being that they are in danger. And then I also want to say like mad fucking, sorry, language. I know I should stop using that. We're explicit. It's It's fine. I know. I know we warn the people, but it's just, it's like my favorite word. I just feel like I I could use it in every fucking sentence. That's all I'm saying. Um, But uh, no, but when you think about the fact that, so the waiter talks to the manager who then asks security to review the footage. And this is all happening in real time. There are so many people that would be like, well, I mean, unless you definitely saw that, like there's our hands are tied, you know, we're not like privacy issues. Like the fact that the, 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 the people who run fig at the Fairmont hotel in Santa Monica, I also want to give you guys a shout out. That's true. For being told something and taking action and believing it yeah and believing what believing women, women yeah believing women and then going above and beyond getting like the proof on video yeah. And I'd like to believe in my heart this is not in any article but in my heart like when that girl came out of the bathroom the wait her waiter or the manager was like hi so we've been alerted to th- I understand that that woman just informed you what she saw I want to let you know that we have checked our security footage it is in fact true we've called the police however because this is not a an emergency yeah. they are not going to be able to come they'll probably be here in anywhere from 30 to 40 minutes do you think you could go sit back down at the table and keep him in the restaurant until they get here and then she was like you know what yes I will do that uh-huh. Because I want to watch that guy get arrested. Um, all I have I made all of that up, but in my brain and heart, that's what I happened. Like it. And when I we just, write the movie, that's what happened. Yeah. Obviously. And so I just think it's also really cool that, that that establishment, the people that were working there that day, yeah, believed women and took action and um Yeah, bust, you're right. Because that would not a, necessarily happen everywhere. No, most I feel like most people they don't want the cops coming in and arresting someone in their bar. <laughs> But that's where things have to change. I mean, the accountability has to happen or dudes are going to keep doing crap like that. Because they're going to keep getting away with it. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, 
woohoo, that guy literally, that whole restaurant knew what he did by the I time know. he was like put in the back of that police cruiser. Like, that guy roofied that girl. He tried to yeah. roofie that girl. Yeah. And it's just, I just thought it was such a cool story and one that reminds you that it's, it's always the right move to err on the side of caution when it comes I to, think so too. to thinking something might be wrong and deciding to do something when something might be wrong rather than saying like, well, I don't want to get involved or create a problem where there might not be one. I feel like I saw something, but I don't know for sure. And I don't know that girl Mm -hmm. in that moment. Like trust your gut. If you, if you see somebody doing something and you're like that, that guy just put a drug in her drink, say something to that, the girl or say something to the guy. If you want to mean, maybe don't say something directly to the yeah. you know perpetrator but say but just, security yeah. maybe you know yeah get people involved call call 911 yourself be like uh there's a roofie in progress i just witnessed it like mm-hmm. i'm watching the glass i'll make sure if i can i'll do my best to keep the evidence there um but yeah like be you know who are we talking about the people from new york remember like the guardian angels yeah who don't for who, sure you know they mostly just m- make people not want to do bad things if more women and not not just women but if more people who witnessed this kind of a thing and i don't know how often people witness this but i imagine you know you're out at the club we're we worked in bars we've all seen people try to do bad stuff Mm -hmm. um for sure if you see it do something about it and i don't mean like physically do something about it but like don't let it go unknown yeah, and I just I think I think those three ladies story. are so cool, so cool. They are, so, they are. This is a great story. I thank you for bringing this to our attention. It's like, it's a, it's a fun one. Also, guys, watch our TikTok because we wrote a hilarious. Well, maybe not, but I think it's funny. I think it's pretty hilarious. Our we, one of our new, we're doing a new thing, true crime jingles. Because you know, Vanya and I right. like to do the funny videos where we rewrite, you know, a fabulous like '80s power ballad, and then we do a whole music video. So that's something that brings us joy. So we thought, you know what? Why don't we do like a really small, easy, but still really wildly fulfilling version of that as like the little teaser jingle for our episode. If you're on TikTok, go to Rom Crime. That's R-O-M-C-R-I-M-E and follow us there. We'd appreciate it because, you know, why not? It, let's let's make it's, it happen. Let's the make the kids laugh. are all uh, the kids are all about the TikTok, right, Vanya? That's right. And oh, we yeah. just we want to be hip with the kids. So follow us on That's TikTok. That's all I care about. Nah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I love you guys. Thank you for listening, love and you. we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Rom Crime Vigilante. We have new episodes out every Friday, so feel free to subscribe if you want to follow along with us. You can also follow us on Instagram at romcrime, that is R-O-M-C-R-I-M-E, or you can email us at romcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.